Welcome to the High Vibe Podcast, a show created for women who want to elevate their health, mindset, and spirituality. I'm your host, Tori Nishino, corporate girl turned full-time online health and lifestyle entrepreneur. Join me every week for a high vibe conversation that will inspire you to live your best, healthiest, and most high vibe life. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome everyone to the High Vibe Podcast. I am so excited to welcome Danielle Rosner, who was a corporate recruiter turned holistic health and nutrition and lifestyle entrepreneur. She is also committed to helping women build strong minds, bodies, big businesses from home. And I'm so excited to have her on the podcast because we have so many similarities. It's ridiculous. Like like literally so many things. And you'll, I'm sure you'll hear it all about her story with Adderall and corporate America and going plant-based and she's also a shuffler and we have a lot of just like the same type of mindset principles and just like mentality when it comes to life and challenges. So I am so excited to have Danielle on the podcast to just drop some knowledge, share her story and add so much value to all of your lives. So Danielle, can you do me a huge favor and just introduce yourself, share your story and we'll go from there. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Also a fan. So this is like something cool to check off my bucket list. It's been awesome following you and your journey. Um, but really I found Tori, my sister actually found Tori through the shuffling community. And I started to watch her or watch you. And um, we have so many things in common. And I just felt like this is what it's about. I've been lacking not a community first and foremost, but women that are, are like-minded, that are going through similar things, right? That can actually have struggled, but overcome or working through it, being honest about their journey. So a little bit about me, guys, similar to Tori's story. I was in corporate America for nine years in New York City. I was climbing the corporate ladder, earning a six-figure salary, living in New York City, had a boyfriend at the time. On paper, it looked like I had it all, but I was honestly falling apart. Um, before I met my boyfriend, now husband, I was in a five-year on and off relationship, partying all the time, doing nothing to help myself and decided to walk away from that relationship. And once I left that relationship, I left everything that came with that. So friends, social scene, everything that I kind of knew. And I didn't know this at the time, but I was forced to um, find what brought me joy, right? My, I remember my therapist saying like, Danielle, it is now time for you to do things and find things that make you happy. And I was like, what the fuck does that even mean? Right? What is, what does joy mean? What are, I had no hobbies. I had no interests. I was so lost and only identified myself with someone that like went out on the weekends and lived for the weekends and worked the nine to five corporate grind. Right? So left that relationship, lost all those friends. I started like I was obsessed with The Voice, the show The Voice. I was like, oh, maybe I'll try singing lessons. And I'd go to cooking classes by myself. And I went to Broadway shows by myself and comedy clubs, just trying to find like other things that brought me happiness. And it was that like eight week, two month period of putting myself out there and doing shit that scared me, even though at the time, which it felt like I was terrified to do it, but that set the groundwork to like this entire new life for myself. Just showing myself that I can do things that scare me, showing myself that I can put myself out there. And I remember my therapist, you know, I owe so much to my therapist because I was in therapy for, I am a huge advocate for, I was in there twice a week for four and a half years. Her saying to me, in order for you to grow, you got to just put yourself out there and do things that make you uncomfortable and do things that make you scared. So I started doing all those things. I put myself on the dating apps. I had no idea what they were. Met my now husband on a dating app. And um, throughout that time period, just starting to like fall in love, have a mature relationship, less partying. We um, also simultaneously during that time, I was struggling with severe body dysmorphia and disordered eating. I always thought I needed to be in a calorie deficit. Uh, in order to see results, I would binge on the weekends, then punish myself with exercise. And in New York City, it is so fucking expensive. I mean, I Equinox at $185. I'm sure you're in LA, same thing, right? Santa Monica. Equinox. Yeah, super expensive. Yeah. So expensive. Trainers, the classes, the whole nine. But I looked at exercise as really a form of punishment for what I was doing. I was afraid of certain foods. I was afraid in my old life with, with my ex, like I wouldn't eat certain foods before I went out for the next, I wanted to not bloat in an in a certain outfit, you know, just that type of disordered mentality. And, and I struggled with body dysmorphia since I was 14 years old. 
Um, so when I met my now husband dating back then, we started to go out and just eat, just our nights out, we're eating out at restaurants, you know? So I was forced to kind of develop a better relationship with food, but I was struggling with acne and chronic fatigue, uh, not going to the bathroom for days at a time, right? So going to all, I started to go to these holistic doctors trying to figure out what was wrong with me, right? I say that in quotes, what was wrong with me? And, and really it was just, I didn't know how to eat for my body. I was eating eggs for every meal, egg whites with on rice cakes with hummus and tzatziki, like just, so one night <laughs> before we went out for dinner, we were like, let's catch this documentary called uh, Forks or, or What the Health was the first one. So we learned about what the health, we learned about what veganism was. And then that kind of, we went down that like rabbit hole. We, di we dived deep into cowspiracy, forks over knives, earthlings. We started to research the vegan restaurants in our area. And before you know it, we had, or I had this like, I, 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 people think that you're limited when you're vegan. And I actually found this newfound sense of freedom you know, like I felt liberated in my choices and walking into restaurants, wanting to shake everyone's hand, being like, no one's harmed in the process. No one's getting hurt, right? I'm not, I don't have to, you know, slaughter anyone or make anyone feel a certain way by my food choices. So that opened me up to wanting to take care of myself and make a difference in the planet and learn about what I'm putting on my skin and my body. And I developed this just newfound respect for myself. So during all that time, still working my corporate job, I decided to enroll in the Institute of Integrative Nutrition uh, to get certified. And I was looking for a way out of my corporate job. I'm like, all right. People always ask me, you know, Danielle, you're disciplined, you meal prep, even though at the time I was still unhealthy with it. But now I'm learning, right? So I'm like, okay, I can help people. Um, and I had started a new Instagram account to try and show people what I was learning through IIN. And I had had some girl that was a photographer who I wanted to help, you know, get some nice pictures. And she's like, oh, you should look at this girl's Instagram. It's really nice. This girl happened to be a girl I went to college with who was also a online health and fitness coach. And I reached out to her. I was like, hi, oh my God, how are you? I see what you're doing. And she told me about, you know, with, with Beachbody and everything that goes on with that. And um, I was too busy, quote unquote. I had too much going on, 60 hours working, getting certified, planning a wedding at the time. And uh, I just kept watching her and more like stalking her and seeing how happy she was, you know, and, and being vulnerable and putting herself out there and the transformation she was having with her, with her clients, but also what she was doing with her life. And the more I just kept sitting at my desk, I'm like, yo, Danielle, something's got to give. And I remember my boss making some kind of like sexual remark to me, inappropriate remark to me. And I just said, fuck it. Like, what do I have to lose? You know, I, ha I, I had, a, of course, the limiting beliefs and, and the opinions of other people and what they had to say about, you know, network marketing and, and that life. And I just kind of realized, like, I can continue to live that life and listen to what others are saying and still be unhappy or just say, fuck it and try. Like, what's the worst that can happen? And uh, here I am. Almost wow. A little over two and a half what years. What a later. story. Yes. What a story. So I wanted to know um, when you first broke up and you and your boyfriend and you got out of that toxic relationship and you started getting outside your comfort and doing things to the point where you became a coach. Like how long was that period of like self-discovering, getting outside your comfort zone and going plant-based and taking care of your body and go like the, a lot happened. <laughs> totally. Totally. So the first relationship that I left to then finding my now husband and starting, that was probably two years, two wow. years. I was going out and starting to do things by myself because it was the first time I had done something alone. I was, you know, we, on and off, we were together for about eight years. So I had, mm -hmm. and my parents had just gone through a terrible divorce. I was the oldest of four. I just had, I was always everything for everybody and I never had an identity of myself. So when I left that and lost everyone, I was forced to kind of start over. So that, uh, I did that for like two or three months, met my now husband and, um, I'm still on a journey to self-discovery. You know, I, I feel 100%. like I, in hindsight, I, I sometimes say to myself, like, man, I wish I didn't meet my husband at the time so I could have spent more time alone, but I was never going to give him up because it's the best thing that ever happened to me. So I'm learning to, to do it on my own right now, right? So, mm -hmm. but then when I met him into being a Beachbody coach was, it was uh, another two years. Okay. So, it so it's, it's been a, and it's a lifelong journey. And I okay. feel like that, like you're always going to, I, you and me are exactly the same when you're just committed to your growth in every area of your life. It's, it's never going to end, you know, but I know a lot happened 
in that time period. And I know a lot of people that when I'm sure you hit a lot of roadblocks and things got hard and you felt like you wanted to like crawl up in a ball and cry. Maybe you did crawl up a ball and cry. And you know what I mean? And, and I know a lot of people just would have given up at that point and finding what their purpose is or finding their passion or finding a way out of a job that was making them very unhappy and unfulfilled and, and starting to settle. I, I see a lot of people where whenever there's, there's so many opportunities, we're in, it's 2020, 2021's right around the corner. There's unlimited opportunities, especially with the internet. And I see so many people still playing small and retreating to their cushy, comfortable corporate job. And so when it came to transitioning from corporate America to being a coach, was that like an overnight transition or did you build it on the side for a long time before you were able to quit? Yeah. So I started building it on the side and about five months in, I realized something. I said, okay, the money that I'm making, obviously it's expensive to live in New York city and I was making good money, but I was filling voids. I spent so much of my money. I didn't save anything. It was going to my nails, my, my highlights, traveling, handbags, shoes, dinner with friends. And while those, I'm not, no judgment. If those things are important to you, of course, but I just realized like they weren't serving me. I wanted to get out of my job and I needed to make sure that I was going to set myself up for where you know, I could afford the things that I could afford and also start something new. So that meant giving up some of that stuff, which I didn't mind. So I had to come to Jesus, God, whoever <laughs> universe moment and I sat down with, he was then my fiance. And I said, look, I said, I'm making enough where I can afford bills, the rent. I'm going to stop and get you. You won't see any shopping, no boxes from Amazon here. I'm going to stop doing those things. And he was like, at first, like, how the fuck are you going to do that? You know, there's like eight boxes that are shipped here every single day. Like, come on. And I said, no, I'm committed to this because I, I can't go, I can't keep doing this to myself. I can't walk into this corporate job that I'm, I just hate. I'm having at the water fountain, having conversations with people that I don't want to talk to. I can't even under you guys. I got to the point where I actually thought I was stupid for a long time because the roles that I was working on in corporate America weren't registering in my mind. I couldn't, I'm supposed to talk to people about the job that I'm hiring them for. And I couldn't even understand the roles. And I thought that I was stupid. And what I now know is that my brain was actually saying, we're not allowing you to keep doing this to yourself. Like you must exit the situation. That's literally what my body was telling me. And now I know that, but at the time I, I got, I, and I didn't really cover this, but was feeding myself with Adderall, right? I was so unhappy and was addicted to the grind and wanting to climb that corporate ladder. And and needing to make more money. And because the more money you make, the more successful you are. So I was feeding myself with Adderall and not understanding the jobs. I, I was in, it was just so bad. It was, in, I was in such a bad place. And I, um, and I feel for that girl. And I feel for a lot of women and men out there that are, that are doing that. You know, I, I get it. It's hard to get sucked in when money, you know, money it's, it, it revolves around that or limiting beliefs and playing small and being scared you know, being scared. But I think I just got, I just got to a point where literally my, my, my mind wasn't allowing me to, <laughs> to absorb the information that I was learning. And, um, I kept just watching this girl doing what she was doing and I wanted what she had. And I just said, if you can try like, really, what is the worst case scenario? If you try, I sat down, my fiance, we worked it out and he was like, look, I love you. I support you. Like, go try it out, try it out and see. And now knowing that you can't, Trying doesn't mean three months trying. If you're going to go out and build something and you're in a two and a half to a seven year game plan here to really make it happen. But, um, the, you know, I left and I just guns blazing. And what I now know after five years of no Adderall, I never fucking needed the Adderall. I am driven. We all are when you care about what you're going for, right? We're all fucking driven. We all have that, pa that passion and that purpose and that drive. You just got to care enough about it. At least, yeah. If you don't need the Adderall, let me let me say mm -hmm. that. Not I mean, we're not doctors here, but right. I mean, there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast, and I've done I think two podcasts on Adderall, and I know a lot of people resonate with not necessarily needing it, but feeling like they need it because they're stuck in something that they don't like, and they're taking it to curb their appetite for their body, for energy, to have passion and drive doing something that they're not passionate about, mm -hmm. and that was me. That was so me. I, I mean, I was so not <laughs> inspired and passionate about finance and I felt like I needed it to get through the day. Like I felt like I just, I needed it. And then I realized, yeah, like I haven't taken it for four years now and 
I never needed it. I, I never needed it. I just was doing shit I wasn't passionate about. And therefore I felt like I needed something to just kind of like numb me almost into, into feeling like I was passionate about it. Um, okay. And so I think the moral of the story is like, when make a decision, like, do you want to stay where you're at or do you want to get outside your comfort zone and do something different and change your life? Make a plan. Obviously it sounds like you, you had a conversation, right. With, with your partner and you're like, this is my plan. This is what I'm going to do. You started to cut expenses to be able to know financially, like, this is what we're going to have to do to make it work. And then you went all in with it, right? Mm -hmm. Like you went all in with that decision. And I see so many people like dabble and they like kind of sort of try and they give in and then something happens and they're like, oh, it shouldn't be this hard. Maybe this path isn't for me. And I want to ask you, I'm sure, I know for me personally, like I've hit so many just like stone walls in my coaching business that so many other people would have quit, right? Mm -hmm. Because like, that's, that's the life. If you, if you want to build something truly like valuable for your life that's going to change your life you have to be willing to fall on your face you have to be willing to fail you have to be oh, willing yeah. to get outside your comfort zone oh, all yeah. of the, and like just get back up and the person that never quits wins right and keeps on growing and so i want to know i'm like loving your energy right now like everything you're saying i'm just like yes take me to church <laughs> but <laughs> I want to know, like, I'm sure you've had so many struggles, right? And your journey of building your business. And I think the most important part about building your business is like, you have to face all of those little like gremlins, all of those limiting beliefs, all of the thoughts about what will people think of me? Like, what if they judge me? What if they talk behind my back? And I know our profession, we're in the same, same company, same profession, same industry gets a really bad rap. Yep. Right. And people call it like pyramid schemes and they say it's a scam and all of this stuff. And so I want to hear kind of like your story of overcoming those obstacles. And obviously you're, there's probably still obstacles that you're still working through and overcoming always. Yep. But I want to hear um, just kind of like any roadblocks or limiting beliefs that you've had that you've had to go through or how did you get over the fear of what other people would think about you for getting in this profession? Because I know there's a lot of people that are just scared because they're scared of what other people will think. And yep. my whole motto is if they are not living your dream life or they're not like in the arena with you making their dream life happen, their opinions don't matter. Like, and, and that to me is just like, you need to protect your energy and you need to protect the people that you truly, that their opinions matter. And sometimes it's your family, you know, yeah. which is really hard or it's your really close friends or it's your partner. It sounds like your partner was supportive, but I want to know, how did you kind of overcome the limiting beliefs or the ones that you had at that time? And also just the fear and thoughts of judgments of others as you started building your business. Yeah, I think. So let me just say this. I still have limiting beliefs. I still have fears. I still have doubts. I just don't negotiate with my mind anymore. And I've gotten to that place because of so much personal development, so much growth mindset stuff. Like I, you guys, I didn't, I cliff noted my way through my life. Okay. I never read a fucking book ever, unless I was forced to, but really cliff noted, paid people to write papers for me. Like that's where I was. Okay. Sorry, mom and dad, you probably didn't know that, but that's the truth. So podcasts, not a thing not a thing for me. I didn't even know that those things existed. I only listened to music. So when I got into this coaching space and I was told like personal development, personal development. And I remember my first year of my business, even though it was consistent and I showed up, I compared myself and stayed in someone else's lane for a year. I wasted so much fucking time putting someone else on a pedestal because I thought she spoke about it better because she had already built credibility because whatever, whatever, I, whatever I put in my head about her. And I, doubted myself every time i got on the phone with my coach i always said what can i be doing better what is she doing what is she doing that i'm not what can i be doing differently why am i not seeing success and you guys there in any anything that you do really i think if you're starting a business or not what's going to come first is your growth is your growth all right the money you will grow so much before the money comes or you'll develop yourself as a leader before the money comes or say the money does come you're gonna have to catch up with yourself you will never be as be more successful than your own personal growth like period end of story so she would say to me where's your personal development where you know what book you're reading I'm like shut up like ugh. and you know what she was a thousand percent right a thousand percent right it wasn't until and personal growth but also like realizing and it was so hard to do, but this person isn't serving me, unfollow them. Unfollow them on Instagram. Stop looking at their stuff. And this goes for business or even 
people in my social scene. Like all I was doing, you guys, Instagram used to be, I had such a fucked up relationship with Instagram. I used to have to delete it all the time because I would always compare myself. I'd sit at my desk looking at how is she so skinny? How are they traveling the world? How do they look so happy? Why do they have all these things? And then when I took that insecurity from my life into my business and I would look at other coaches and be like, how is she doing all this? And I was reading some book, I forget what, something Gabby Bernstein or Deepak Chopra or whatever. And I know we vibe on that too, but it was like, if they are not serving you, okay? First of all, celebrate them because they're proof that if they can do it, so can you. But if they're not serving you, then do something about it. And it was so hard because she was the first person that kept coming up on my feed, on my stories, right? Because she was on my, she was on my team, this girl. I unfollowed her and I didn't tell her. It was the best thing that I ever did for myself. And, and honestly, I deleted my own, I removed my own personal Instagram account because all I was doing on that personal was looking at the people whose lives I was comparing myself to. So I just deleted it. I just got rid of it. And it, it, oh my God, you guys, my, the weight lifted off my shoulders. It allowed me to stay in my own lane, to speak however I wanted to speak about the business, to talk about whatever I want to fucking talk about, to find my audience, to finally put myself out there in a way that felt right for me. So that the insecurities that you have will always really always follow you if you don't face them head on and fix it. And that took me a really, really long time, but a lot of personal growth, a lot of diving deep into spirituality and, and, and really anything that just focuses on, on taking care of you first. So that was a huge roadblock. And now I look back and I'm like, and I tell my coaches, you're wasting your fucking time. It's a distraction. It's a distraction from doing the things that you want to do in terms of going for it. Don't compare. I just, I literally just had three of my down, girls in my downline that I made them. I had an honest conversation. I go unfollow them right now. Mute them. Mute them. Just mute them if you don't want to unfollow them. So you don't see their shit pop up every day. You got to focus on who your audience is, on who your people are. And that gave me that, that sense of freedom. So that was the first real big milestone like where I, I was consistent, but that, that stopped me for a year. The comparison sure. will just rob you of everything because there is always someone that you can compare yourself to. And I agree, like um, realizing that like if they can do it, you can too. You know, I think sometimes we put people on a pedestal and I have had to do that. Like I've had to like unfollow people or like mute them because you can just get caught up on their highlight reel and then all of the shit that like the inner talk that you're having with yourself that you're not good enough, that you're not worthy enough, that you're not a good enough leader. Like all of those things can really get to you. And another thing that I've been focusing on in my just like meditations, I don't remember what guided meditation this was, but it was talking about like those people that you've been comparing yourself to that there's like any type of like jealousy. It might've been a Gabby Bernstein um, meditation, but like actually sending them love and sending them light and sending them compassion and sending them joy their way because chances are that they're going through some shit that you probably don't even know about. And also if they have a bigger audience, they're probably getting more hate than you yeah. even realize, you know, and, and everyone's going through their own things. And like, that just like helps you so much, just like kind of like let go of, of the jealousy, but it's a daily practice. It mm -hmm. is, it is a daily practice to get out of that type of mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that, that one's huge. And I see it happen all the time. Like comparison can literally kill you and everything. I think for me, once I started, once I did that, I, I actually unfollowed. Um, and then I, we were on a team call and I was, and I spoke in front of 70 people and like said that I did that. I was like, honest with, with the girl in front of everyone. I was like, this is what I had to do. You guys, it gave me, it un opened me up to this new level of consciousness of, of really looking at other people and celebrating them, of people that have achieved what I want. Like this whole shuffle journey of me teaching myself, I look to you, Van Seco, I'm like, holy shit, I live for you girls. I love what you're doing. I'm inspired, truly inspired by you. I think what you're doing, I think just the positivity that you exude, everything on your posts, like I, I love it. Like I'm for the first time in my life, I feel like no jealousy at all. I feel like the fake can fucking do it. If Tori can teach herself how to fucking shuffle and she's incredible at it, so can I. So Hell can yes. I, right? And like, I really, I really feel that. So after doing that and being honest and then it opened up this whole, I mean, coaching forces us to kind of like, you know, be vulnerable and put ourselves out there. But I have just been, I'm just honest. So if I'm feeling like a body dysmorphia moment, like today, I was fucking so bloated. And what did I do? I went right to my story and I pulled down my pants. I go, I, I go, I say to you, my girl. And I say to myself, I fucking love you. You are not defined by your bloat. It doesn't matter what your stomach looks like. You are strong. You show up for yourself. You take care of yourself. Don't give up. And 
in that moment, am I still having body dysmorphia? Yes, but I'm training myself and trying to show other people. It doesn't matter. You continue to speak positively to yourself and show yourself self-love and you will change that course of thinking, right? So it's not like, I, I don't, I don't know. It's this weird thing. It's like, I, I want to connect to people. So I want to show my real. So when I like my real, real, like the realness of my life. So when I'm having a, dysmo a dysmorphia moment, instead of hiding or instead of being in my head about it, I take to social media to connect with you girls. Cause I know that other people are feeling it too. So that just, I don't know. It just opened me up to like, just being honest, be honest about who you are, right? Put yourself out there, start the shuffling, you know, like you were saying, people in your family. Yeah, my parents have no fucking idea what I do. No idea. My mom said pyramid scheme. I go, explain to me what that is. Explain to me what that is. Do you know what that is? She has no idea, right? When I started shuffling, my brother was in my apartment. Oh, is this where you do your stupid dancing? Yes, it is, right? And like, I've just, I've just learned to who I give the mic to, right? I have the mic of my life and who do I lower it down on? Who do I go to for certain advice? And who do I not, right? And I think that if you can find yourself a group of like-minded people that will be in your corner, maybe they don't do what you do, but they can at least support you in that way, you amp the mic up so you can hear what they have to say. And for the others that don't understand them, you go for them, go to them for certain things, but then you lower the mic if you don't want to hear it, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree so much with that. Like, and it just is like so important that you're, you're just very conscious on who, whose opinions you let really affect you, you know, mm -hmm. and it's hard because I think naturally we want to gravitate towards other people's like fears or limiting beliefs that they try to project on us, and especially if you're not confident in what you're doing, or you're not confident in yourself or your belief in yourself. When people start to project their own fears, they might be something that you have subconsciously mm -hmm. and you start to believe it and you start to doubt yourself and you start to go, Oh, maybe they're right. You know, like maybe, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe this is a pyramid scheme. Maybe this won't work for me. Maybe, you know, I'll, I'm just not naturally talented enough or whatever. And you start to just kind of have those doubts. So it's so, so important to just, I feel like awareness is always the first step. If you aren't aware of the thoughts that you're having and, and consciousness of like, just the things, the things that you're thinking about every single day, like that's the first step. And sometimes it just takes out like getting out a notebook and just word vomiting on the notebook. How are you feeling today? What mm -hmm. are you thinking? Like what, get it all out and like see it on a paper. Cause then you can really be like, okay, like this is the shit that's going on in my head. And this is the stuff that I'm probably thinking about every single day. And like, how can I work to change that? So I wanted to ask you for someone who is aware of their limiting beliefs. Like they, they know what their limiting beliefs are. They know what their belief system is and they know that it's holding them back. You know, they know that maybe they're caught in comparison. They know that they're caught in fear. They know that they're caught in self-doubt and they are struggling to find a new belief system and they're struggling to change those thoughts. What are some tips or things that you've done or that you've seen work for other people to, and I, obviously it's a daily practice and it's not easy and it's the hardest work you will ever do on yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. So I will go, I will be the first to say that working on yourself and your limiting beliefs is the hardest work that you will ever do on yourself, but it's the most rewarding and it will translate into every area of your life into your business into your income and your relationships. But what are some steps that you recommend, whether even it's books or personal development that's helped you? What are some things that people that are aware of their belief systems that are holding them back, what can they do or steps that they can do to start changing it? Yeah. And you guys also, I wanted to say like this, I, this wasn't me like a three before I started coaching really three years ago, I wasn't doing this stuff. I wasn't meditating. I didn't have time. I didn't journal. I didn't, you know, I was like, what? Like, no, I'm just going to go like to work and then come home and cook dinner and wait for Brandon to come home and like probably get up sexy, playing video games and not wanting out with me, whatever. Right. But it's like doing small things. If the, I, the, the 27 year old Danielle that lost it all, I thank her so much for having the courage to just try. Did I like singing lessons? No, I ended up not. Did I end up going to some cooking classes and, you know, like just like learning, like, okay, I could, I could do that by myself. I can go eat at a restaurant by myself and it's okay, right? I can get on a podcast, even though I have swamp ass and boob sweat, cause I've never done this before, but I'm doing it, right? Like, you know, <laughs> just like doing, put, you have to take some uncomfortable action. It's the only way that you're gonna grow. So doing something small, anything small, putting yourself out there, taking a dance class, right? You guys, I had zero dance experience and Elena Cruz was having one, a shuffle class in the city. And I was like, I'm just gonna go, I'm gonna stand in the back 
and no one's going to see me. And you know what? There were 30 other people that had the same idea. They wanted to stand in the back. that didn't want to be known. And we made friends. We made friends. And we were like, this is fucking hard, but we're here. Like, hell yeah. And high-fiving each other. And that, just that little confidence, right? You drop, you drop that in the confidence bucket. So it's one thing that you did. Like, okay, I can do this. Right. And then you start to be, then you start to say, okay, if I did that, maybe I can do something else. Right. So I, I would definitely, the book that completely changed my life was The Universe Has Your Back by Gabby Bernstein. It just, whoa, whoa, opened my eyes. Um, and I developed this, this relationship with God and, or the universe or higher power, whatever you want to call it, source. Um, and that changed the game for me. And I always go back to that book and recite the prayers from that book. And then I kind of just, it just opened me up to that. And then I honestly, the consistency of doing that, um, then it just became podcasts all the time. And then I, I'm, now I'm noticing I'm in the car and like, I'm not, the only music I listen to is prayer music or podcasts. And I'm like, who is this person? Like what? And, and, and I'm learning and I was like, Oh, that's, I love that. Oh, I can take that. Oh, I like that. And, and I'm just learning that I, I love to learn. I love to learn. And what I love about coaching and it sucks that it gets a bad rap sometimes, but when you find yourself, other people that are sacrificing with you, that are going after their dreams with you, that are doing it scared with you, that are facing their fears, man, the respect that you have. It's like, it brings me back to when I used to play soccer when I was younger, when everyone else was hanging out with their friends at the weekend, I was at practice, sacrificing, putting myself out there, taking, doing things that I didn't want to do right but i did it anyway so finding yourself some sort of support of anything and if that means like going to a meetup right there's like you can go to the meetup app and and meet people that way or going to a dance class or go finding some something and some group of people that do support you or do doing things that are a little uncomfortable that's going to help you so much so so much and you will thank yourself in a few years from now from putting yourself out there because it was those small steps that those small steps are everything. They swing the door open for massive action. They make you curious about going down other paths of, of relationships, of you know, knowing your worth, of wanting to try something new, of starting that business or that whatever it is. Like you gotta just start with some sort of uncomfortable action, right? Like courage, people that are courageous doesn't they they do it in spite of fear. Like they have fear still, right? That's what courage is, is doing it even though the fear is still there. You have to start small with that would be my tip i literally feel like i'm listening to myself <laughs> like, like, <laughs> everything that you're saying i'm like yep 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 yes 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 I like told you, we vibe we have so yeah much like taking there. uncomfortable action is huge and i know i talk about that a lot like on my stories i talk about on the podcast like it's so true like you gotta start doing the scary shit because once you start doing that that's how you build your confidence Mm -hmm. You know, and like, and it doesn't have to be like putting yourself out there and sharing the most vulnerable side of you, like to the whole world. Like, no, it doesn't have to start there. Like I definitely didn't start there. Right. No, I never I in a million years thought that I would be public about all of the shit that I'm not public about. Yeah. I planned on taking everything with me to the grave, like a hundred percent, but yeah. I started doing little scary things and even going to my first dance class, it was Vanessa's dance class. I was scared shitless and I almost didn't go. Mm -hmm. I, I bought my ticket and then I almost didn't go because I'm, I'm so like introverted and in person <laughs> and I'm so shy and I haven't been to a dance class that like wasn't like at LA fitness in like high school with where the dance instructor, I knew him, you know? So like, I, I haven't been to any dance classes. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know anyone in the shuffle community and just getting outside my comfort zone, going to that class alone. My boyfriend's not a shuffle dancer, like going alone was like, I was so terrified and it was one of the best things I've ever done. I met so many amazing people, like you said, that were all there. Like it was all of their first times. They were all nervous too. And I was just like, wow. And then I started going every single Tuesday to her classes and I started, started growing and I started doing more things, getting outside my comfort zone. Like dancing in public is something that I am still working on to this day, you know? Oh so you're incredible stuff. Yeah. It's like, I still get scared every time i go out in public and dance i still get nervous but every time you do it you build that confidence mm -hmm. every time you do it it gets a little less scary right mm -hmm. because you're like i can do this i've done this scary thing before i can do another scary thing so i love i love that and it is like yes it's a daily practice but it's it's getting outside your comfort zone it's expanding your shell right yep. because then you start to really like peel back the layers of who you truly are and mm -hmm. what you're truly capable of I feel like I owe a lot of it also to, um, yes, doing, taking the uncomfortable action, but like veganism 
when I, and I'm not here to push on anybody, but I think once I learned about what I was putting into my body and like the difference that you can make in the, in the world with the animals, with your health, it opened up a whole new level of consciousness to like wanting to take care of myself. Want, like I, for so many years, I just wasn't, I was doing drugs and taking Adderall and drinking and blacking out on the weekends and just not caring. I, I wasn't just in tune with what was going on. And when I learned about uh, how to really just not harm anybody, I started thinking about like, wow, what kind of, like, I don't get my nails done anymore. I don't put perfume on my body. I change, you know, I, I just like, was like woke. I'm like, whoa, I am awake. I have this like new level of consciousness. What is going on? And the more you wake up and it doesn't need to be veganism, but the more you, you enter new levels of consciousness, you, 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 even though you're scared, you have this, this curiosity, a more of like a pull to want to do something instead of a push and a pull is such a stronger force. And the only, like for me, that opened my, my eyes of like this pull of this curiosity of like wanting to learn. And you guys, I didn't start with a community, right? I didn't, it's important to find one, but I did these things by myself and I was just like that either curious also desperate to make a change. And I think like, I don't want to say you have to hit rock bottom because I don't think I hit rock bottom, but I just, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was sick mm -hmm. and tired of, of being unhappy. I was sick and tired of surrounding myself with other people that were low vibe, were yentas, meaning like gossipy or not going after it or just getting married and having children, which if that's your thing, that's amazing. You know, I'm 32 years old. That is, I just, I just rescued two more dogs. I have three dogs. It's like the fucking sanctuary at the Adani household. That's so, my dream. It's just yeah, having like, a dog that's, sanctuary. That's where, <laughs> that's where I'm at right now in my life, you know, and I could have went down that path and just got married and had kids, but I had this pull for curiosity. And I feel like throughout all of this, and of course, still on my journey, that I've like rebirthed myself almost. I have just like this new self-discovery of who I am as I'm figuring this out while being married, but really like he, my husband, he's vegan as well, but he's not into all the personal development stuff like I'm into. So like really when I'm talking to God and I'm like waving to the leaves, I'm like, good morning, God. Thank you. I love you. <laughs> like, oh, right. But I'm, I've just like rebirthed myself. And that's mm -hmm. what you're going to go through when you start again, starting these small steps. If you really want to make some changes in your life, just start small. And it's going to swing the door wide open to whole new levels of curiosity in your life. And I do owe all that, a lot of it to coaching as well because it forces you to put yourself out yeah. there and do these things, you know? Yeah, it really does. It forced me, like even doing video terrified me. Pictures, Instagram, all of that terrified me. I never put myself out there. I never shared my story. And coaching was the thing that pushed me outside my comfort zone. Like I had a team and I had mentors that were like, you need to do this. Like if you want to be successful, you need to do this. And I, I was coachable. I was scared shitless, but I was like, all right, like I'm going to do this. And if you guys, like, if you want a good laugh, I'm sure you could do this with your profile too. Like oh if you God. just scroll all the way back to where I started, you will have a very good laugh. Like it's hilarious how bad it was, but I just, I did the things, you know, I started putting myself out there. I started taking action and I wanted to talk about veganism. I know you're saying like, obviously I'm, I'm here to share something I'm so passionate about. I actually went plant-based uh because i watched cowspiracy and then like the next day i was like i i'm i'm a very like all or nothing type of person yeah. which you know i'm i'm learning that i don't have to be in every area of my life but like mm -hmm. it served me in a lot of areas you know um and this was one of those areas where i just i made a decision and i was like i don't want to eat animals or animal products anymore mm -hmm. and i had no freaking clue like where to start, what to do, what to cook. Like we were like unhealthy vegans for like okay. five months. Cause we had no freaking clue what we were doing. So I want to hear your story of like, I know you started like watching documentaries. Like I've watched every single documentary, uh -huh. but I wanted to hear kind of like your journey and your process through that because a lifestyle change like that. I know, I know a lot of people I've talked to a lot of people that want to make that change. And they're like, it's so hard. Mm -hmm. Right. And, yeah. and I, I did find it difficult in the very beginning because you, you feel like you're going to be limited. You don't know of all of the plants and all of the food that you can eat. And I felt like I just had to be committed. I just knew, I knew that this is where I was going and I was willing to get over that, that like mountain basically. And so it was just kind of like that belief in where I was going with my eating and my lifestyle that I just knew I wasn't going to quit and give up. But I wanted to ask like people that are curious, like they want to transition to a plant-based diet. They want to be more 
environmentally friendly and all areas and stuff like that and more compassionate with their choices, but they're finding it difficult. Like, how, like how was your transition journey? Fucking scary and overwhelming. And it, it first started with kind of the health reasons. I had, I had like adult onset acne in my twenties. I had just like developed all this terrible acne. My skin growing up was great. And I was like, what is going on? I had really bad, like just like digestive issues, super gassy, not always going to the bathroom. And I never thought to link it to food. Right. So I, um, was going to a dermatologist and she was putting me on all the oral antibiotics. I was on like five different topical treatments, getting chemical peels. She told me I could go on Accutane. And I was like, whoa, like what? Like there has to be another way, right? I was getting my blood taken every three months to make sure the medication wasn't affecting my blood levels. Like that shouldn't be at 24 or five years old. So I, I think at 26, I went to a holistic uh, practitioner and he took a sample of my hair and he was like, you are intolerant to eggs. And I was eating eggs, egg whites. I was, I was like, it was really weird. I had this weird sick obsession with like, I would go to Costco and get the tubs of tzatziki. I would like bathe in tzatziki. That's how much I love tzatziki sauce, which has like yogurt and you know, dairy and then eggs. So he was like, you're intolerant to eggs. And I'm like, holy shit, I've been eating egg whites, pounds of them for the last seven and a half years for like my meals. Cause when you're living in New York city at first starting out, what the fuck else could I afford? You know, it was yeah. just like, whatever. So yeah. that, and so he's like, and so you're intolerant to that. You're intolerant to dairy, like stop eating these foods. So no eggs, no dairy, eliminate sugar, even the fruit sugars, eliminate fermented foods. I walked out of there so overwhelmed. So having anxiety attacks, I didn't know what to eat at restaurants. I didn't know where to begin and kind of like, I don't want to say fell into a depression, but I was like, I'm doomed. Like, what am I supposed to do? I'm just, or I'm just going to have the medication and get on the Accutane because I don't, I don't know how to do this. So my husband at, or whatever he was at the time was like, <laughs> whatever he was, my husband was like, I just saw this documentary came up and we should watch it. And at that, what the health, I felt like what the health kind of like scared people into it. So we then watched Forks Over Knives and then, and then Cowspiracy. And then, and then we like, went, again, like I spent the weekend, like binging all of this. And I'm like, okay, this clicks, this makes sense. So what, from there, we started researching vegan restaurants in the city. And if you live in a big city, you're fortunate enough that you definitely have options. I mean, like LA, forget about it. We went, yeah, LA, there's so many options. Big and shit in California. Yeah. So and we started researching the, the restaurants and we went to go try and we were like, oh my God, this is amazing. The food was impeccable and we couldn't tell the difference. And when you start to eat that way, your taste buds start to change, right? So I got curious and I started finding other influencers on Instagram that were living this lifestyle, but I did also want to be conscious of what I was eating. So I found a couple of girls that were more like whole food plant-based and this is how you juice. And then I would go on YouTube, right? We were, like you said earlier, we live in, a, in an age, we have unlimited resources, get on YouTube, get on Google, spend some time being resourceful and looking into it. So I, I did. I bought myself a juicer and I started to juice. I learned about colonics. I learned about the saunas. You know, a lot of people also, when you're first starting out, they get sick because when you're eating natural, you're either A, eating all the processed shit to make, you know, the mock meats and stuff, um, or you start to go whole food plant-based and all of those foods are super detoxifying. So they start to open up, awaken the old matter in your system and on. I'm a firm believer in colonics. Your body just can't get rid of all the drugs, the alcohol, the medications, the processed foods that have been sitting in your dormant in your system for a long time. So I started to get colonics. I started to incorporate some juice and I felt amazing. My first colonic and I started, I was juicing. I was, I, I was like high off of life. No joke. I was waking up at 5.30 in the morning with so much energy. I remember seeing someone on the street across from me. Normally I would just put my head down and go to my phone. I'm like, hello from across the up like one well, that was not me either I was like a not you know I'm friendly and outgoing but in a room of people like I don't really do that so I'm like talking to everyone I'm so outgoing I'm like what is going on what the fuck is going on and it was because I really started to change I was eating high vibrational foods I was getting rid of all of the hormones the antibiotics the processed shit that was in my body coupled with the colonics and the sauna and I I started to feel so good I started to feel good and then that woke me up and I walk into the restaurant. I remember one time we went to this pizza place, Double Zero. I'm sure they have it in, in California. And I, I go, babe, I'm gonna, I wanna just shake everyone's hand. I wanna shake everyone's hand because no one wants to hurt anybody. Everyone's just really happy. They're not hurting any animals. And he's like, you can't shake everyone's hand. You know, I just started to get, 
proud. I was, I was proud. I was excited. And the more I learned, I, 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 my taste buds started to change. I didn't crave those things anymore. And I realized that I didn't want to hurt anybody. You don't need to, we don't need to yeah, hurt anybody. You just don't need to. Yeah. yeah. So look, and I do think, again, people can get sick if they're just transitioning. It's, you're detoxing. It's like quitting smoking cigarettes. It's stopping drinking alcohol. If you're an alcoholic, like you're going to go through a withdrawal period, but mm-hmm. it, you got to just either stick with it or start small, right? So don't, it's not about, I tell my clients, like it's not about taking away, start to add things in. So like our super, you know, Shakeology, I think is an amazing addition that'll help. That's all dense nutrients. It's going to help your body while you're eliminating those foods. That's an easy fix right there. Tofu scramble, right? Overnight oats, coconut yogurt, start there, Mm -hmm. right? Those are easy, simple things that you can do. Um, and then we'll, and then we can kind of like, you know, move on and go into the juicing or, or whatever, but that's kind of where I start with people. It's really about if, even if one meal or two meals, three meals a week, you're doing your body and the environment and the animals, the planet so much good. I mean, animal yeah. agriculture is like the number two it's thing so horrible. on our planet. It's so yeah. bad. Honestly, yeah. even on my, on my, on my page, and I know we're, we're running long here. Sorry. I'm mm-hmm. definitely long winded, but on my page, I, I lost sight of that a little bit. I, I was like so much into like sharing my journey and my story. And like, I need to talk more about this. Like I have an, a moral obligation. We, we do, we're, we're mm-hmm. influencers in this space to speak up about it and, and to at least show people that it is simpler than you think. And just by making one switch a day, make your breakfast, right? So have tofu scramble and then have like beans for your protein with your salad. And then you can have salmon for dinner if you want, you know, just that Mm -hmm. switch will make all the difference. Yeah. Just even, it's not even, some people, I think it's crazy when they say like a whole foods plant-based diet is extreme to me. I'm just like, are you serious? Like I I hear that, like that's extreme. Like, okay, whatever. But it's not even about like, let's say people are like, you love meat or you love dairy or whatever. It's like, you, you don't have to go all in. Like, like you said, like even just switching out a couple meals makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Even buying less, consuming less like meat and dairy and animal products makes a huge difference because it, it truly is just destroying the shit out of our earth. Yeah, And, and it's, I- it's unnecessarily destroying. Like we, it's proven. There's so many people that haven't eaten meat or dairy or eggs for a long ass time and they're totally healthy, right? Like it's, it's not like you need it. Like, but yeah, I feel like, I feel like it's a moral obligation for me to start talking about it more as well, because you know, like you don't know what you don't know. And I, for the longest time, I had no idea that my diet had any link to animal cruelty or, and when you think about it, you're like, oh, duh, but I mean, I just didn't even think about it. I no, didn't think about the environment. I didn't. I, yeah. I have people, family members that are not saying duh, that think that <laughs> that, that is, it's not a healthy way. Like my, whatever. I can, I can yeah, go. I mean, I, yeah, I could go. Oh, oh my gosh. Like, we could have like a whole nother podcast episode on this, but it's something that I could like totally talk about. <laughs> but like for the longest time, I had no idea. You know, I was just like, yeah, like, I, I never had like an affinity towards meat. I was like, if I wanted to go a vegetarian, I could, but like, I don't want to limit myself. You know, like that was my mindset. Like, I don't want to like yeah. limit myself. And then once I realized to me, like the destruction that I was causing by eating animals and animal products, I, it was just a hard no for me. Yeah. I was just like, that is not in alignment with what I value and what I care about. And we have one earth, like one world. And to me, like realizing that, you can't change like your energy source. You can't change like when you turn on your lights, like where that power is coming from, right? There's so much like governmental influences and like stuff like that at play. But the one thing that you can change that will make an immediate difference is what you put into your mouth and what you buy. Like I'm a firm believer, like what you purchase, the products that you purchase, the companies that you support, where you put your money, that's all you're voting. You're, you're voting for what you, what matters in your life and what you value. And if you can be more of a conscious consumer, like, it will just make the world so much, so much of a better place because you can't like the, the companies and and corporate America and like capitalism will follow where the money goes. Right. So the more people that purchase soy milk or whatever, or almond milk or coconut milk or whatever, instead of regular milk, they're just going to start producing more of the nut milks or oat milk or whatever. Right. I know. And so it's like one of those things, like that's where the, like, and you're like, I'm one person. Like, how much can that, how much difference can that make? But if every person stopped thinking like I'm only one person, they started to make a difference and started to make like changes, that would just have a massive ripple effect. 
I could go on that rant forever. I know we're we're going to the end of the, I feel like I'm like, I could go another hour. Like I I could literally just go another hour. I'm like, I I feel like we're just getting started. Well, we should definitely have another one, one. but I just want to say you guys just, it starts with curiosity. Just watch a documentary, be open-minded to just listening to what they have to say. You don't need to make all of the changes today, but if like the David Attenborough one, we just watched, who was the the speaker of um, planet planet earth. Yeah. Oh that was God, a great that, one. That brought me to, it brought me to tears. And I was just like, I, I looked at my husband, like, we need to do more. We need to yeah. do more. Like we were composting for a while and then we just moved and like I haven't been comp, like whatever. But I'm not saying you guys need to do that, but it starts with curiosity. Just open your mind, open your heart for an hour and listen to some, just to some of this and make some conscious effort to use metal straws and to buy fucking tofu instead of eggs. Or coconut yogurt instead of the fage, whatever. I'll be a happy camper. You'll make that much of a difference. But it starts yeah. start small. Start, start small. small. Like if you feel too overwhelmed by making big changes. I 100% agree. Okay. So as we were closing this out, I, is there any last words? Like for the girl, there's a lot of girls that listen to this podcast, a lot of women. The woman that, you know, has just really just scared and has been living in fear right? Like they, they want to make changes in their life. They know that they are not in alignment with their true and highest self. And they're scared to get outside their comfort zone. They're scared to, to make changes. They're scared of what other people will think. What advice do you have for that person? And it could have been you, you know, six years no, ago, seven was. years ago. No, it was. What, what is like words of wisdom that you can send to that person as, as we close out this podcast? The only way you're going to make any change in your life or see some semblance of happiness, of content, of pride, uncomfortable action. You have to do something that you're afraid of. You have to do something that makes you nervous and fearful and doubt yourself, but do it anyway, because that confidence, that little bucket, that little confidence deposit that goes into your confidence bucket will swing the door open to more curiosities, to having you start something, but you have to do something afraid. You have to rip that bandaid off. And honestly, if you're afraid, reach out to Tori or myself and we'll fucking help you because that's what our job is, is to help you push you out of your comfort zone. If you need some of that tough love and support, but you have to do something that you're afraid of because that will change the way you think about yourself and what you're capable of. And it'll, it'll make you curious to try something else that you're afraid of. Mm, Love it. Okay. Where can people find you? I will link all of your socials and stuff like that below, but where can people find you where you're at? I am at feeling well with Danielle. That is my Insta. And then feeling well with Danielle.com is my website, but I'm really active on Instagram, but this was so amazing. I'm so happy we did this. Thank you so much for having me. I hope this was helpful. Ladies and gents, it's been an honor to be on here. It was amazing. Thank you so much. All right. Bye guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of the High Vibe community. If you loved this episode, I would be so grateful if you could leave a review or take a screenshot and share it with a friend so more women can find this podcast. For more on me, visit torinashino.com or find me on social media just by searching my name. Until next time, friends, live your high vibe life.